Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, children, listen. This episode is for children 18 plus. You are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my special guest. I've known this dude for 20 years. One of the most intriguing, interesting fellows you'll ever meet. I have no freaking idea what he does for a living. I know he drives an R8. I know those are expensive, so he must make money. And every time that we get together for beers or for lunch, I have to ask him, hey, Dennis Miller, what is it that you're up to these days? So my special guest is the one, the only Dennis H.J. Miller. Dennis, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Oh, thanks, Dustin. So for the listeners tuning in. Yep. We are going to entertain you guys. That is a promise. Oh, definitely. Hey, Dennis and I have traveled Europe together. We've known each other for 20 years. Our moms are best friends. I promise you this. We're going to have a good time today. Oh, yeah. But what do you do for a living? I honestly don't know it. So for me and for anyone who's getting to know you through this episode, how do you describe what you do for a living? I'm going to call you a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. But what what's your background? And then what is it that you're up to these days? And then what is it that you're looking forward to in 2021? Man, that's a, that's a, that's a tall list. But the uh, what I really do is lead generation. So I have a marketing company. Okay. I've had the marketing company for 14, 15 years. So your background would be in marketing or? Marketing, in... lead generation, copy, writing. Okay. Anything to make leads or money for clients. So long story short, I went to college, UCF. Go Knights. Definitely. Uh, then I worked for a um, Orange Buick GMC for about a year. Okay. I was going to make a lot of money. Were you trying to sell cars? I was actually a service advisor for 11 months. Okay. I was going to make a lot of money. That didn't happen. I, woke, I uh, worked from seven till about six every single day, five or six days a week. And I probably made $7 an hour. That was fantastic. I had uh, my second part-time job in high school. I left working for Eckerd Pharmacy to go work for Home Depot because they paid $7 an hour. Yeah. I went from $5.15 an hour at Eckerd Pharmacy to seven bucks an hour. So you're trying to say that with a college degree in 2002 or 2003, seven bucks an hour wasn't really what you were gigging on? That's correct. Okay. So then what'd you parlay uh, that job into? So I went to a, um, I was on on my way to New New York City. I read a book about marketing and I was like, man, I wanna be a marketer. This sounds interesting. Did you not go to UCF for marketing? I did not, actually. I went for uh, poli-sci. Okay. I wanted to be an attorney. Oh. I took my LSAT. Okay. Scored pretty well, I thought. I worked for general counsel for three months. Hated it. Good for you. Terrible. Good for you for discovering that early on. And it's it's actually a good lesson for for the youngsters who are tuning in. Yep. That just because you think you want to do something doesn't mean that you have to do it. And if you find out early on you don't like it, then bail. That's yep. why internships are so important. I had something crazy like seven internships while I was uh, going to UCF. And all seven internships taught me the same thing. That's what I don't want to do for a living. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that was it. I learned what I didn't want to do for a living. I don't know if I, it looked good on a resume, but it just taught me things I didn't want to do. Yep. Okay, so you didn't want to be an attorney, although you went to school for political science. You took your LSAT. Yep. You're reading a book about marketing on your way to New York City. Were you flying or on the, on the train? I was flying, actually. The, okay, yep. flying. No trains in America. Not. Yeah, but I, I know you're, you're of European descent. Yep. Right? You were not born in the U.S. Um, 
and trains could be a part of your life. Could so I just, just want to specify. So you read this book on marketing and then what, what epiphany do you have from there? I went to work for a marketing agency in Winter Park and I, within six months, I was actually leading the entire search engine marketing and search engine optimization department. Okay, so you, was it. you went to work for a company that was specializing in lead generation via the internet. Yep. So you weren't doing flyers or mailers or no. print advertising. Nope. It was get on the computer, the World Wide Web, and figure out how to, were you like tricking Google, tricking Yahoo, were they Yelp reviews? No, no tricks. Everything was white hat, nothing under the table. Uh, a lot of content creation, okay. a lot of website revamping. And, you know, a customer would come to us as a, well, a client would come to us, say, hey, I have a marketing budget of $10,000, make me $100,000. And that was our job to actually, you know, to turn those those numbers into good numbers. Gotcha. Yeah. Take take their 10 grand and then yep. add a 10x multiplier to it. Yep. Their $10,000 was spent to generate leads. Yep. And then they were confident that if you could generate leads and more importantly, the right type of leads, they can convert those leads into sales. Those sales would then generate a hundred grand in net revenue. Exactly. Like we had hotels, pest control companies, painting companies, um, window and shade manufacturers, and the budgets could be a thousand a month. They could be $20,000 a week. And I believe what you probably learned is that he or she who generates the leads makes the money. That's he, right. He or she who has the ability to make the phone ring ultimately has the ability to have unlimited income potential. Make the phone ring. That's so all I care So I'm about. guessing, okay, we're fast forwarding a little bit here, but I'm guessing, because I know you well, um, you didn't stay at that company for long. Two years. Two years. Yep. And then you went out, went and ventured out on yourself? Then I went to, um, I started Capture Point Media. Okay. And so, you are the owner. The of, owner operator. Uh, the owner operator of Capture, Capture yep. Point Media. And are you doing a very similar service for others now, just under your own umbrella and under your, your own namesake? That's exactly correct. Okay. So, so having, you know, I know this, this podcast is about being a serial entrepreneur. I also have the other businesses. So I have the attic business and I have the gutter business. So this is what's so intriguing. Yeah. Because you don't get up and go to school or graduate high school saying, I want to go in the gutter business or I want to go blow insulation into attics. Yeah. But if you had the right mindset and possibly the know-how, the fortitude, or even the cash investment to generate leads, then you can. You, you can do anything. If you, have, if you have the will and the means and the drive, really the, you know, the will to do it, you can, any person in America can do what they want and make a lot of money doing it if they continue and persevere through the highs and the lows. So I have my favorite Dennis Miller story. Okay. Um, as it pertains to business. Um, I will refrain from talking about Oktoberfest 2018. That was a good trip. That was a great trip. Um, but my my Dennis Miller, um, as it pertains to business and entrepreneurship and lead generation, is how you helped your parents. Oh, my God. Right? So 20 years ago-ish, not quite 20, 15 years ago. Mm. So 15 years ago, um, so our moms met because they drove school buses together. Yep. So one of your job, your mom's many jobs uh, throughout her life was a school bus driver. My mom uh, was a career school bus driver for 30, 35 years. And that's how they met and they, they became best friends. Our parents now hang out together. But your dad was at a point in his career where he needed a change. He needed, he needed um, to do something different. He wanted out immediately. He, he wanted out. He was working for corporate America. He yep. was done. And 
you basically tell them, at least the story as I like to tell it, hey, mom and dad, if you can at least give me five grand, I can tell you which business to buy, build you a website and generate enough leads that you have instant cash flow. And they're like, okay, Dennis, tell us more. And you're like, have you ever thought about the rollaway dumpster business? Rollaway dumpsters, right? It's almost like that. Okay. So um, my dad was, he wanted to get out of corporate America. That's correct. Um, it was his idea actually for, um, that might be my phone. I just turn this thing off here. Let's throw this thing actually on the floor. That's probably Man. leads coming in. I know. Crazy Den leads. Dennis is blowing up. And I'm a lead generating monster. Yes. <laughs> so that's probably gone off five times already. It has gone off five times. I come looking around. Like, you, you saw me. I'm it? like, okay, where is that buzzing I knew exact, coming from? I knew exactly where it was. Okay. So um, my dad was... Um, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to build a dumpster company and he bought three dumpsters. Okay. So your, your dad already had the idea he for had dumpsters the idea. because he was in, he was like a project manager foreman in the construction yep. world. So he already knew the amount of money that was being spent. Yep. And, uh, and, okay. and for people that don't know the dumpster industry industry, it's either 20, 30 or 40 yard dumpsters. Those are difficult or almost impossible to get into a driveway. Yes, yeah, so that's either big, really big, or freaking huge. Exactly. In terms of sizes. Exactly. People like me, we don't understand 20, 30, and 40 cubic yards. Yep. But I know what big, huge, and gigantic are. Yeah. Okay. And he bought the the dumpsters that would fit on a double axle trailer, single, single articulated with a two hydraulic pistons. Okay. And you can fit inside a, a driveway. No problem. So basically, your dad recognized that there was a need. A huge market. For people who like to do do-it-yourself projects. Yep. And maybe they're doing like a single bathroom remodel. Maybe it's a kitchen, kitchen. remodel. Or maybe they're just cleaning out their garage. Or a re-roof. Yep. You can fit all the stuff in a dumpster. Okay. And that can fit on my driveway because any other dumpster is going to require a much larger transport vehicle to get to, to the job site. You need a $150,000 vehicle. Okay. If you have the big or the large format dumpsters. Versus a... Uh, a Dodge 3500 diesel dually. $25,000. $45,000. $45,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so the transport of the dumpster is a third of the cost. And there's a need because homeowners who are doing projects or small or, or contractors doing small projects such as roofs or kitchen remodels or bathroom remodels, they don't need this massive 40 yarder being drug around uh, residential areas. Exactly. Okay. So uh, the first six, so I built him a website. He didn't want the website. I built it for him. Uh, and he bought three dumpsters, a truck, and a trailer. Okay. And he was doing maybe one to three dumps per week, which is not a lot. On maybe, his own. If that. Yeah, and a dump is like $400 a dump. Is is typically in the industry what, what you're paying for. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And uh, it was not enough to pay for his living expenses, the, the fuel, the insurance. Okay. So six months into it, I was like, dad, give me $2,000 and I'm going to generate leads for you. And he's like, oh, uh, no, no. What are you talking <laughs> Boomer, about? Leads, damn leads, boomers. leads. What, what do you mean yeah. by leads? So um, as I left the house, my mom gave me the company credit card. And I Did spent... she do so behind dad's back? She's like, <laughs> no. don't tell your dad. I, I mean, that was pretty much how it was. <laughs> so I took the credit card. Um, I had, I started an AdWords account like I do for all my other customers. And I think he had about five leads that week and I think he sold them all. Wow. So within, he went from three dumpsters to 43 dumpsters in six months. Holy cow. Then he started buying a dumpster or two per week 
from there. And he, I mean, I don't even know the numbers, maybe a hundred dumpsters he had. Yeah. And then um, really cool story. Your parents are, are of our retirement age yep. and they just retired and they just sold their business. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, last I, Tuesday. I saw your dad posting on Facebook. Your mom, one of one of the two posted on Facebook the AFAB, which AFAB stands for anything for a buck, which I think is just a totally cool name <laughs> for a business. But yeah, but AFAB was sold. Yep. That is fantastic. Now and they, they sleep retire. in. They and sleep in. They sleep in. Until seven. Until seven. Until seven. <laughs> Very cool. Out of curiosity, did you do something similar for any other family members? Uh my brother? Yeah. Yeah. You're, I was getting oh, at you're that. just okay. No, yeah. no, no. I I wanted to ask you, like, hey, did you help Arthur too or not? Yep. But I know that your, bus, your brother has a fairly successful uh, business. Pool service business. Yeah, a pool service business. Yep. So my brother, he was, same thing, stuck in a, like in a, in a semi-corporate job at a desk, not loving it. And I approached him. I was like, Arthur, here's three businesses. Here are the net returns, your owner benefit, your initial cost to go into business. What do you want to do? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, pick a business. I'll build you a website. I'll build your marketing plan. You give me a little bit of money just for marketing, some high fives. We'll knock it out of the park. So, ah, man, I would say seven to nine months. He went from having two or three clients, which were friends, your friends, your yeah. families, your your FFRs, yes. your relatives. Three clients. I think he has 75 to 78 clients within the local market that he just drives around to. And he loves doing the business. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that was a pool service business, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he maintains people's personal pools, cleans them, does all the chemicals, the chlorine, things yep. that I can't do. Um, if it wasn't for my wife, I don't know how my pool would stay The pool clear. is very clear and yes. clean. Yes. Always. Um, no, that's fantastic. And then, so so like you're, you're basically taking your skill set in marketing. And it's really in lead generation as it pertains to online lead generation. Yep. You've helped your parents launch launch a successful business that they had later down the road retired, sold, um, kind of like the American dream, right? I'm gonna start a business. Yep. Now I'm gonna sustain it and it's gonna create this great quality of life for me. And then I'm gonna sell it because that's my exit strategy. Your brother, same thing. Hey, I'm kind of stuck in a rut. I don't like my job and I don't like this corporate America thing. And I really don't see a future here. And you're like, hey, Pick one of these three businesses. If you give me a couple thousand dollars, I can generate leads for you because it's not necessarily the business that sucks, but it's the lead generation that sucks. I mean, yeah. businesses fail in general because they don't generate enough leads. The phones don't ring. Yeah. So you do um, SharePoint Media? What, your, your company. Oh, Capture Point Media. Capture Point. Yeah. Capture Point Media. That's actually a play on word. So CPM, Capture Point Media, oh. cost per mil or cost per, per thousand. thousand. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, kind of silly. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as an advertising major, we actually learned about CPM uh, when, when you're looking at uh, your, your ROI, your dollar cost averaging, all that good stuff. Yep. Um, so now you're still doing that, right? Like, still like doing it. CPM's full-time. up and running full time. You have clients that come to you multiple industries. Yep. And they say, Dennis, I have a great product, a great service, but I need leads. Yep. I need make, my phone to ring. Make the calls come in. Make the phone ring. Awesome. But you also, because of your exposure to all these businesses, I guess you get to see behind the curtain a little bit and you're like, wait a minute, how, what's your average net profit? Yeah. That's actually frustrating. <laughs> so um, marketing, the margins are not large. The marketing, the margins might be 10, 15%. And maybe, what you do. 
Exactly. Yeah, so if 20%, I twenty percent maybe. If I spend two thousand dollars with you, you're seeing two hundred to four hundred dollars. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Um, but your clients and their products and services, you start getting frustrated because you keep on seeing that your net profit is in the hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. and some of their net profits in the thousands of dollars. Yep. And sometimes with marketing, you can make really good money. Like, I mean, you can make $20,000 in a month if you hit the right client with building the websites, but you're not always building these $20,000 websites and knocking them out in three weeks. It's not always like that. And it's, it is a little frustrating. You're like, oh my God, like, and I'm, I'm happy to generate the money for the clients, but you want some of that yourself. Exactly. You want some of that, yeah, you want exactly. some of that green. Yeah. So what'd you do? Well, what? I, mean, I, I started a, uh, I started an attic installation company. Yeah. So that's like when, when, when I kicked this off um, earlier in the show and I'm like a serial entrepreneur, you're coming in and JC is like, okay, tell me about Dennis. Is he like a friend? Is he someone you just met? And, um, and what's the show going to be on? And I'm like, man, he's a friend, known him for 20 years. And I would call him a serial entrepreneur because of a, although it's not for your personal gain, what you did for your parents and for your brother, mm-hmm. right? That's very entrepreneurial. Obviously, you've owned your own business for the past 14 years and yep. you've done really well for yourself, but it's more about what you've done over the past year with the attic installation blowing yep. business yep. and now seamless gutters. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and seamless gutters. So so I want you to tell the story, but, but briefly tell us, how did you, a poli-sci major, car enthusiast, UCF grad with a degree in sociology. You thought you wanted to be pre-law, read a marketing book on the way to New York City by airplane, by the way. Yep. Somehow, some way, now you're the owner of a attic insulation blowing business and a seamless gutter business. It doesn't make sense. No. I'm a little handy. Okay. That's that's one thing. You need to be handy. Like you need to do if you want to own the business, you have to do the work. You have to know how to do the work. So I have never installed a seamless gutter myself. I went to YouTube University. I watched hundreds of hours, maybe not hundreds, but I would say 50 hours of YouTube videos. I bought the crimpers. I bought the clips. I bought a seamless gutter machine, 100% digital. It prints out the gutter in front of you. You want 40 feet, five inches and a quarter. Boop, 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 boop. Print, and it actually roll forms the gutter on the truck. But why'd you pick this business? I think margins, it does... margins, margins and scalable scalability. Okay. It's huge. That's my favorite word. Oh, is it? Oh, I, you can scale anything in life. Yeah. The installation business is harder to scale. The seamless gutter business is easier to scale. The equipment is a little bit less, it's still pricey, but a little bit less in the installation business. And you could have, you can train a crew in four to five days or about 10 jobs. And they're on their own for the most part. Yeah, I'm, I'm still baffled why a poli-sci poli major with a marketing background is is owning a gutter business. Margins. Margins. Mar- you're, about, a, you're a businessman. I love margins. Yeah, yeah, margins. So you make good money, and I would guess both businesses were fairly cheap in terms of barrier of entry. Low barrier to entry, no licensing, for okay. example. So Florida is one of those states that you don't have to have a license for attic installation. Okay, so very important for listeners who are listening yep. outside of Florida. If you want to swipe and adapt what Dennis has done, A, feel free to. Just don't compete against him here in Central don't Florida. Don't do it. Um, but check your, your your state regulations. Yep. Right? A little, little disclaimer there. But but no, you, you noticed early on that, I mean, what, what, what did it cost to start attic installation? 
roughly? Oh, um, fifty. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that was a piece we, of change. We start change. we start small. Okay. So we bought the I bought a used truck from Penske. Okay. Did all the research. Got a six liter mm-hmm. engine. That's I was dead set on that. Okay. Um, I bought a um an attic blowing an electric blowing machine, um seven times more powerful than the one at Home Depot. Okay. So half horsepower versus seven horsepower, and then when I had enough revenue, I immediately graduated, leveled up to a twenty three horsepower machine. Okay, so Huge. was it 50 to enter or uh, no. are you 50 all in I'm now? I'm 50 all into it. But how much How much do you think to, to enter? If someone were to swipe and adapt an idea 20, like this. 20 to 25. 20 to 25. Yeah. Which if you don't have the money, you could think about partnering with someone who possibly does. Or if you don't want to go go all in with that much money, because maybe that, that is your nest egg and that Partners is your life savings. Are, partner, I love the M word, margins, and the P word, partners, my favorite words. Margin and partners. You know why? Why is that? Partners. If you want to, if you want to go fast, I'm, I might mess this up. If you want to go fast, go solo. If you want to go far, partner. I love that. If you want to go fast, go solo. If you want to go far, partner. Absolutely. And I say that because the two businesses that I am a part of, mm-hmm. and let's just say three, let's say the three businesses all have partnerships. Um, I actually read an article. This was 20 years ago. And it talked about um, the death of the millionaire. And it was more about like being a millionaire isn't really that important. It's not that that um, that uh, hard to achieve. But a pentamillionaire, oh. a pentamillionaire is where, where it's at when your net worth is five million. Yep. Right. So it's fairly easy to get to a million and a million doesn't get you as far today. But five million does. And when they studied pentamillionaires, 65 percent of them were in business for themselves. And of those that were in business and they ranked them for like um, their ability to be successful, it went a partnership of three, then a solopreneur, then a partnership of two. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I agree with you about the far thing in a partner. And it's something that I I teach outside of the podcast. But first time I'll talk about on, 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 on the podcast today is a third of 10 million is better than 100% of 1 million. I agree with that. Right? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, math doesn't lie. But the point being is that I would rather be a third owner of something that I can grow to be worth 10 million yep. than the than the sole owner of something that I could only grow by myself. It's, it's just what you said. If you want to go fast, go solo. solo. If, if, if you want to go far, um, partner. Partner. Yep. So in both your businesses, you found a partner. Yep. One, because even if you had the money, right? why risk all of it when now if, if you had the same twenty five or $50,000, you're like, well, I could go all in and be the 100% owner of one business, or I could diversify and take a third of the money and do three businesses with it. Or in your case, do two businesses with it. Exactly. So you had 20 grand and a partner and you realized that with this business of, of attic uh, insulation installs, yep. you're going up into people's homes and you're blowing insulation, yep. right? Uh, not rolling it, you're blowing it. Blowing it. You needed a, a what I call like a U-Haul truck. You, you use the word Penske, but yep. a U-Haul truck. Uh, you needed a blower and supplies. Yeah, like screw guns, foam sealer, some know-how, a good supplier. That's key. You all- JC has a good supplier. <laughs> that's a good one. So yeah, you always need a good resource in, um, in any business that you're in. So for the, actually today, I had an issue today on a, on a job where my guys are doing a leaf guard system for a gutter install. Oh, this is the gutter business. Okay. The gutter, segue into gutter business. Yeah. 
and they ran out of leaf guards. I called my supplier, and she's like, I will have them in 20 minutes ready for you. I'll pick them up. And when I got there, my car was charged. They were outside by the front door. I said, thank you. In my car, guys had them in about 40 minutes. That's awesome. Yeah, you have a good team. Yeah. yeah you have, but that was part of the research that you did. Yeah. But I think the point being, the point I'm trying to make is it doesn't take a whole lot. No. Like, like you didn't know about the industry, but YouTube University helped you. Yeah. Now, you dedicated some time. So, you know, you you possibly didn't go to so-and-so's housewarming party or you didn't go to the beach because instead you were going to pull up your laptop and watch some some YouTube videos. Build, build a basic website, nothing pretty, have some marketing dollars and figure out what you want to do. So if I don't have the know-how, because you have the know-how on how to build a website, yep. what would it cost me to, to call Capture Point Media and say, hey, Dennis, I heard you on the Loan Officer podcast. I need a basic website. Three grand. Three grand. And then plus with, or minus, plus or minus, yeah, give yep. or take. I'm not going to hold you hold, hold you to it. Thirty one fifty. And then if I give you two thousand dollars a month in advertising, how many leads can you guarantee me? Depends on the industry. You, but but do you like do you have that oh, yeah. broken out? Like, I have you all know? The, I have all the data. Like if I don't have the data, I'll get the data. Give me twenty four hours. Okay. Um, I'll give you a very good example. Um, I'm going to segue into another client, a IVF doctor. So the doctor is making about a hundred thousand dollars a year doing his own marketing. Not a lot of money for an IVF doctor. Yeah, IVF. Uh, in vitro fertilization. Yeah, I would think. Not a be, lot of money. I think you'd have an extra zero. Or like, two. Yeah. Yeah. You think 10 million. I was thinking a million dollars a year for that type of gig. Yeah. He's making 100 grand or she's making 100 grand. He was spending, man, he was spending something like, I think $6,500 per month of marketing. Okay. And he was getting he was getting about five to 10 new clients from that. I got an introduction. I was like, hey, you need to rebuild the website minimize the navigation. Here's a lead cost. And he didn't believe me. He's like, impossible. I had multiple marketing companies say that, you know, what I'm spending is right. I'm like, what you're spending is right. But the way that you're spending it is wrong. Give me a month. In nine months, plus or minus, he made a million. No way. Yeah. It was all about lead generation. I had where where did he take you? Like did you get to go somewhere fun like Atlanta? No, he actually I had him for three and a half years. Okay. He had to drop me. Because he got bought out by a larger IVF company. Oh, high five to him. I know. Boo-hoo to you. I, I know. And high I was, five to him. I was really upset that I lost him. Yeah, I bet. Good guy. Loved yeah. him. Well, I guess the good news now is if you wanted to or needed to, you could hop on the horn the old-fashioned way and start hitting up a bunch of IVF, IVF doctors. doctors. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of them. Good yeah. money. Good yeah. margins. Um, so let's get into this. So I'm so serial entrepreneur. Tell me about the car you just bought. I oh saw my, it. Oh, my but, God. But I, I just briefly... It's an Audi R8. Eight. V, okay. V10. V10. That's fast? They do make the V8. Okay. The V8's not fast enough. The V8's for losers. Big L's. Yeah. And I'm a big W. So that sounded really cheesy, but um, I really wanted the V10. The okay. sound, um, it just keeps pulling. It doesn't stop moving. You hit the gas. How, how fast have you gone? Full disclosure. Uh, 170. 170. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, and you're still alive to talk about it. Uh, speed, uh, it's safely. I, I did a safe. You did, okay. Very safe. Can you take it down to Sebring? Uh, I wouldn't actually. The, I think Sebring, I used to race my other Audi on Sebring. I, I went there maybe three times total. The tires would, would just are destroyed after the first eight heats. And I would guess that tires on an Audi R8 are pretty expensive. Not too bad. Maybe 300 bucks. For, per, per tire. Per tire, yeah. That's $1,200 just to yeah, go race your car. And the wear and tear on the suspension. The shocks are two grand a pop. So what's your next business? 
Oh man, I got I got I have a whiteboard at home. Okay. I actually should have took a picture of this and and actually sent it or actually bring it in here and show the camera. Um, I have a few ideas. Um, Any one, worth sharing, or there you, there's still developmental? Uh, you want to keep no, no, yourself, I'm, so I'm no pretty I'm them. pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna drive in the direction of these. One is going to require a partner. Okay. Your favorite I'll, p word. Yep. A license. Ooh. Margins are ridiculous. Margins are 80, 90 percent. Wow. Yeah. Like retail margins. Huge. Without the retail risk. Exactly. Jobs are jobs are three months. Okay. So and it's in the home in the home arena. Actually, that Dustin, that's actually another good thing. I I love talking about homes. There are so many homes in Seminole County. Everyone needs a new roof. Everyone needs pressure washing. Everyone needs interior painting, exterior painting. And if anyone wants to start a business, start one of the start in the home sec section. There you go. Look, that's your takeaway from this episode. It's, your your takeaway is, and by the way, you you mentioned Seminole County, which is one small, small county in county. the state of Florida. Orange County is even bigger. Like most of our businesses in Orange County. But if you're in if you're in Georgia, Fulton County, DeKalb County, Cobb it doesn't, County, doesn't matter. Yeah, it it doesn't and, matter where and you are. Specialize in something. Don't be a handyman. A handyman will have 40, 50, 60 tools. Specialize in something. Crown molding. That's your niche. Um, it could be it could be um, LED conversions. That's your niche. Always always have a very specific niche. For for example, um, insulation. I do the blow-in insulation. I don't do spray foam. Interesting. Yep. The margins are higher for spray foam, but I don't want to do spray foam. I want my niche is I set my niche early, and I love the blow-in insulation. Yeah, you know it's interesting. A buddy of mine owns a um, flooring company. Yep. And um, he is lean. He is mean. He is really good at what he does and he's at high demand. So we said, oh my God, you did such a great job, Jason, on our floors. Shout out to Jason Proth. Um, would you do our uh, master bathroom for us? He said, I'll do the floors. Right now, but you're so good at this. He goes, yeah, I don't do showers. Yeah. He goes, can I do showers? Of course I can do showers. Do I do showers? No. I'm like, that's someone who understands their business, they understand their margins, they understand what they're good at, what makes them money, and maybe even what they enjoy doing. Because I'm a big fan of, look, if you don't like doing it, don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, you don't do it. In fact, you and I talked about this at, at lunch um, the other day when we were just kind of catching up where you, know, you did mention you're a handy person. Like you are, you just bought a house, yep. you stripped it down to the studs, yep. and you're doing a lot of the work yourself. Most of it. Like you're into that. I love it. Okay, so I have a it, passion. Yeah, so it makes sense for you to then take on blue collar trades and then buy into them as a business operator because it's easier for you to say, I don't mind learning how to climb up into an attic and blow insulation. I don't mind learning how to uh, take a roll of aluminum and have it formed into the proper size gutter and then install the gutter because doing what workmanship handy type things kind of suits your, your, your pleasure dome, things that make you happy. Yep. Although I'm sure your goal isn't to be an addicts 24 seven, no. 365. And your goal isn't to be up on a 20 foot ladder doing seamless gutters, but you understand as a business owner, which this is a huge takeaway for anybody, you got to at least know it firsthand, even if you don't plan to do it, but more importantly, follow Dennis's lead and know it firsthand, know it because you enjoyed learning it. Yeah. But eventually, if you want to scale, my favorite word, you can't be the technician. Yep. You have to be the business operator. You have to be the lead generator. You, you have to be the one running the show. You can work in the business or you can work on the business. You can't do both. And I like working on the business. Yes. 
Initially, the first, you know, you got to work in the business for the first month or two. Then you transition. Well, and it makes you that much more credible to your foreman or or to your assistant or your supervisors or any other associate you bring on when you can speak to them with empathy versus sympathy, right? Empathy is like, I've done this. I know that this job should take you eight hours. I know that you can cut that angle a certain way and glue it a certain way. Yep. And if you've never done it, you can't say that with empathy or wholeheartedly. You're saying it because you saw someone else do it. No, you need to know firsthand how to do it. Yeah. Uh, how about this? So let's go back. One of my favorite themes on this show, on this show is everything you should have learned in high school but didn't. What are some things that growing up that you wish your parents taught you? Ooh. Well, my mom actually taught me to save. Okay. So I'm a big saver. Well, yes, you are. It reminds yep. me of one of my favorite Dennis H.J. Miller stories okay, from I, when you were a teen. Uh, your, which one? Your parents told you, I don't know what age you were, but they were idiots for doing so. Sorry, Mark and Jilly. Um, they told you that whatever money you saved, they would match for your first car. That's right. I, I Yep, I do. Okay, okay which, yeah. by the way, I stole that. Thank God my son is not like you. And he saved all of his money until Friday night when he could go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of, <laughs> of, of candy and, and uh, chips. Yeah. Um, no, actually, my son, I'm very proud of him. He's saving for a gaming computer. He yep. wants to build his own gaming computer. But I stole this from you and your parents where they told you that that they would match whatever you saved. How much did you save as a teen? Okay, actually, it was before I was even a teen. Okay. So when I was 10 years old, I, you know, I was mowing my own yard. I was like, I can mow my neighbor's. I can make $20 per cut. Well, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Kicking kick in at age 10. It actually might be built into me. Okay. I don't know. So my dad got me a business card and it was Miller's Lawn Care. And the motto was, we do it by the yard. Okay. Which I thought was genius. Yes. Had my phone number on it. I actually still have them in my office. Did you pen. come up with that motto or do your parents my help dad. with it? Okay. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a cheese ball with those logos, okay. with those mottos. Yeah. I loved it. And I probably had... 15 customers that I mowed every single week. And I, I bought- 15? Mm -hmm, as There's from, only seven days in the week. You were doing two to three a day? No, no, no. I would I would do um, in a whole, like Saturday, Sunday. I'd work all Saturday and all Sunday wow. from seven in the morning till four in the afternoon. Holy cow. I actually bought my own snapper, um, cash money, self-propelled when I was 11 years old. It was a $400 mower, and I bought it at 11 with my Wait, own Wait, was it a walk behind or a ride? Walk behind. Okay. So. Okay. And so, then, so started at age 10, 11, you yep. had your own business, and yep. you were mowing lawns in the neighborhood. So you may not know this, but my parents actually borrowed money from me for one of their mortgages. No way. They did. My mom borrowed a little bit of money from me. Wow. And That's... I think it was 94, 95 when they bought one of their houses. Okay. So my mom paid me back. Yeah. And I bought a Nissan. I don't know if you remember this. It was a Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah. Four by four. Red. Yes. And I thought I was like, oh, but, my God, this so, thing's amazing. But your parents had to match. They had to match saved. it. And my mom matched it. Oh, you kind of have to as a parent, right? She, she matched I it. Mean, begrudgingly. You know? Yeah. Like run, doing everything you're not supposed to do. Like going to the 401k and borrow it against you. You're like, God damn it. I made this promise to my son six years ago, and I can't welch on this. You know, I, I so I put my money in the bank. But also, I, ha I had a um, a little notch out in the drywall in my bedroom as a kid, and I would trade in the the tens and twenties for hundreds, and I would roll the hundreds up, put them in the in the in the wall, and then put like the little plate, like the blank plate, and I'd screw it back in. And I had, I might have been thirteen years Were old. You hiding the money from your siblings? I or? was just hiding it in the wall, and I had something like three thousand dollars around there when I was thirteen. Wow. Did that you, went into the bank. That went into the bank. Yeah. 
that you had hidden in the wall like you were a drug dealer. Exactly. Okay. And you don't know, like $3,000? Like, I had no concept of how much $3,000 was when I was 13. No concept. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, we, total sidetrack, but one of my favorite stories. Um, but I was asking you, what are some things that you wish that you learned? Oh, learned, man. Because, so, because you sorry. said, you, no, no, but you said your mom taught you how to save. Yeah. So so you you had that discussion. No where, debts. Like pay off your debts. Okay. Very European of her. Oh yeah. Very European. Pay them off. Okay. Um anything they didn't teach you that 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 you wish they did? Oh, stock market actually. Okay. I think the stock market. Um I sixth grade, I had home ec. I don't remember the teacher's name, and we learned about stocks. And I wanted to buy some stocks. And my parents just didn't didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a similar thing on. In I mean, my good household. or bad stock market, but yeah, I but wish no, told me. It, it's a similar thing that um, I remember I taught my dad at 18, like, hey, you should buy some stocks. I just read this book, Beating the Street by Peter Lynch. And I was in Mr. Boulay's class, uh, senior year at Lyman High School. And we did like one of those mock, uh, if you had 100 grand, what stocks would you buy? And back then, people actually read the newspaper and you could track what the your stocks. stocks were doing in the newspaper every yeah. day and how they closed. Um, which introduced me to it, which then I introduced my, my parents to it. So therefore, I make sure that my son um, has his own stock account. I gave him to that. I gave him that for Christmas at 14. I think every kid in America, 14, 15, 16 years old, their parents just start them with a basic stock account. Yep. And, and can't touch it. So and check this out. This is something I haven't shared on the show yet that, that oh, my God, that was I have not shared on this show yet. I kind of said that really quickly. Um I can be a little bit controlling. I can be a little bit involved. So it's very much like me to give my son $250 and then want to sit with him and help him research and teach him about PE ratios and help him pick the right stock and talk to him about when to sell it. Kudos to my son for basically saying F you dad. He didn't say so. He did so with his actions. Mm -hmm. He went out and bought stocks on his own. He sold stocks on his own. He lost 150 of the 250 that I gave him. Yep. But he learned. And what I learned as a parent that if I could share this story with someone listening, it would be not only do you do we encourage you to open a TD Ameritrade account. Like I called my buddy Doug's girlfriend Heather. Shout out to Heather House over at TD Ameritrade. And I called Heather and said, Heather, help, you know, help me up. She she set it all up. So my son's a primary and I'm the signer. But not only should you do it, but then leave them alone. Yeah. Leave them alone and let them fail. Let, let them fail. Let them fail because they'll learn. And my son, he just bombed. Like he bought oil companies right before the drop COVID. Okay. <laughs> and then he freaked out and sold them the minute they all dropped. Oh man. It's like, oh yeah. So you probably should have checked with me. I would have told you not to do that. But it's cheaper at $250. Versus twenty five hundred dollars. Yes, so he's a lear he's learning now. He's yeah, he's learning now. So I I, I love that. Like that's that's great uh, advice to give to future parents. How about this? Looking back to yourself eighteen years ago, so twenty two, twenty three, coming out of college, what do you wish you did sooner in life? Oh, I wish I had not taken the corporate path initially. Well, I wish I had exited the the corporate path earlier. Okay, and started my own business earlier. So, so you're confident you would have been ready. Like no, one, one no, year I wouldn't have actually, I'd, 
I'm glad I had the marketing experience because okay. that's what I need. Like the like the you know four or five years working at two different marketing companies. And by the way, you keep on saying marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where my control freak comes out. Yep. Lead generation. Lead generation. I mean, because look, there are people who work in marketing departments and they do phenomenal, pretty brochures. Brochures, which gives you zero leads. Yes. None. Yes. So I, because of that, um, and maybe it's my advertising background. I, I have a hard time when people use the generic term of marketing. Yeah. Because to me, marketing is lead. not synonymous with lead generation. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna charge you five thousand dollars to make you five thousand pretty brochures. Yes. And I can't guarantee anything. Yes. No. no you don't want that. Yeah. I only want things that make the phone ring. Give me five thousand dollars. I'm gonna generate a thousand leads for you, and you're gonna convert those leads at thirty percent. Yeah. So you're saying you're grateful for the two years you spent working at a lead generation One, company. One hundred percent. But I think when I was 26, 27, I wish I had started. I, I wish I, I was a more of a serial entrepreneur. Then. Then. Okay. So having Capture Point Media for 14, 15 years, still going on, I love it. But I wish I had started maybe in year four of Capture Point Media, started another company, yeah. and then started another company because I might have had more by then. Well, because the ultimate goal for anyone who, especially those are, that are uh, striving to be pentamillionaires, to use yep. that term, term again, is you need most times multiple revenue streams, and they and most need to be passive. And by passive, get to a point to where you're managing, as like executive board member, you're managing three or four or five different businesses, but you're not actively involved in the day to day. Exactly. Right. You're you're probably spending eight to twelve hours per business checking in with your with your foreman or your production crew or your lead tech. Your your lead tech. Um, and hoping that, not hoping, ma- making sure that everything is running as planned, and then you are achieving four different revenue streams. So when one business is down, you don't freak out. The three others should be somewhere between average to up. Yep. And on a year like maybe 2021 is gonna be, you could have all four banging, all four having record record years, and that's when you can save the most money. That's yep. when you can really get ahead. And reinvest in something yep. else. Uh, last topic, just personal, but they always come with good stories and the audience may enjoy one of these. Uh, I'm scared. Yeah, one of these stories. How's your granddad? Oh, he's good. Um, I mean, he's 87. Okay. He's back in the US. He's been here for maybe three years, four years. Because um, your ha- granddad is, is English. English, yep. yep. Um, he had a, he had a, he had like a mini stroke, a TBI, I think it's called. Okay. Mini stroke. And he was um, for three days, like locked in a position drooling and that was it and then a miracle and he's back he's like having a cup of tea i think he had a beer last night walking around and uh here's what i love about your granddad um he has not met a woman that he does not like oh my god he will he will be in a coma for like six (laughs) weeks hear a woman's voice and he's like doing the hokey pokey i'm like what are you doing yeah fantastic well shout out to john points not that i think he's checking us out on youtube but maybe you can show him this uh when when jc drops it dennis thanks for coming by the lone officer podcast thank you for uh for agreeing to spend an hour with us getting ready for the show and doing the show if someone wants to get a hold of you because they either a want to pick your brain about how they too can be a serial entrepreneur or b maybe they need someone to generate some freaking leads for them how do they yep. get a hold of you uh miller at capturepointmedia.com miller at capturepointmedia.com p-o-i-n-t media P-O-I-N-T Media.com. Media. Capture CapturePointMedia.com. Capture you know what, some, Dustin? I know mean, you're trying to end the show here, but some people put actually a dot. 
they put capture and then a dot media, but it's really capture point media. Oh, that's why I spelt it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You totally confused me. I'm like, I confuse myself sometimes. Okay. Well, yeah, no, like I'm Dion at waterstonemortgage.com and I tell them it's water stone Stone. mortgage and there's a T in mortgage. Is there? Oh my God. There's a T in mortgage. Mort for death. Yes. There you go. French. (laughs) But Miller is English. Now I'm confused. Uh, actually, my original, I mean, we're... He's Dennis Miller. Yeah, I'm Dustin Owen. <laughs> this is all the time we have for you today. I promise to have Dennis back on next year, and we'll talk about some of the new businesses that he's launched and the success that he's having. But for now, we're out. Peace.